0: Hey, this is Joe Trippi. Welcome back to That Trippy Show. If you're listening to this, you've survived the Republican convention. Congratulations. Hey, and you know, if you haven't heard yet, please check out our special episode that we put out on Monday with my friend Senator Doug Jones. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, he and I, uh, connected on a, uh, on a number of different topics that I'm sure you'd be interested in. Um, so, uh, Please uh, go back and check that one out. Also, we'll have another special episode Monday. Uh, More on that at the end of this episode. And would you believe it? We actually have uh, enough support and people listening to this podcast that we have our first sponsor. Uh, It's hashtag unfit, the psychology of Donald Trump, a new film. And you can find more information about this at unfitfilm.com. Uh, We really uh, appreciate their sponsorship and hope you'll check them out. We're 67 days from Election Day, getting close. What's on your mind, Alex?
1: Oh, man. So, Joe, we're taping this before Donald Trump's speech, but I think you and I can assume quite a few things about it. I mean, it was obviously a more presidential speech. It was a big shift in tone for him. And honestly, it was really the speech where he finally became president.
0: Obviously. Well, that that could be one way it could go, for sure, in the commentary tomorrow, uh, but uh I'm not really worried about that. We've got better things to talk about.
1: Yeah, we can, we can really extrapolate a ton from this convention so far.
0: All right, after promising a positive outlook for the Republican National Convention, tonight's speakers painted a dark vision of what this country would look like if President Trump does not win a second term. Joe Biden is good for Iran and ISIS, great for communist China, and he's a godsend to everyone who wants America to apologize, abstain, and abandon our values. They want to destroy
1: the monuments of our forefathers. They want to disrespect our flag.
0: The hard truth is, you won't be safe in Joe Biden's America.
1: Oh man. Some scary stuff. Yeah, now remember what happened to that positive tone, right? So Joe, Democrats kinda seem like if you look at the convention last week, they're trying to reach moderate Republicans way more than Trump is, both moderate Republicans and moderate Democrats. And somehow, it, if you look at the polls, the, the strategy from the RNC so far kind of looks like it's working. Trump's close in several swing states. The race is tightening. And it, it I don't know if you saw this, this report, but it, Trump thinks that there's actually more rural white voters out there that he can turn out. So they're really focusing on those. Who's the idiot here?
0: Well, look, it was always going to close. I mean, look, one of the reasons, you got to remember, who were those voters that moved in the last few months that that gave uh, Biden these, you know, even the 14, that big 14-point lead, even the eight, nine-point leads in the national polls? Um, They were Republicans. It was more GOP suburban women. Joining those that had already shifted, Uh, they were younger Republicans. They were uh, college-educated for sure. There was a big move with college-educated Republicans, and and, um, one of the and there were even moves uh, towards Biden with no no college whites um, that had moved towards uh, towards Biden uh, from the Republican Party. Um, And yeah, so you're having a convention. That's what they're trying to do. The Biden, I mean, the, the uh, Trump folks are going to do their best um, to communicate and win some of those folks back. And some of them will go back. Uh, uh, we saw this in in Alabama in, in the Senate race in 2017. We'd, we'd succeed in getting some Republicans to move over to Jones and then um, Trump or, or uh, more, uh, would make a, a strong partisan pitch and some of them would revert. And then over time, they came back. So I think what's going to happen here is, yeah, the the Biden campaign um, is going to see some of this movement away from them. Um, that always tends to happen around conventions anyway. But I don't think it's, one, I don't think it's going to be very many um, Republicans who drift back uh, to Trump. And I think um, if, past indications that I've seen, it, they'll start drifting back towards Biden later on, uh, you know, as the campaign progressives.
1: You look at some of the counter-programming that's going on, you see all the Romney, Bush, McCain campaign staffers endorsing this week, that kind of push-pull. So maybe maybe that's going to have an impact.
0: Well, again, there are Republicans that have moved away from Trump, clearly. Uh, uh, a lot of the folks that have... Uh, in those, you know, the McCain, Bush, uh, uh, Romney groups that uh, announced they were for Biden today uh, on Thursday, um, they... they, some, Many, many of them voted for Trump in 2016. Um, they wanted to, You know, they took the chance, but now they realize it's wrong. You know, the other thing people don't, you know, need to remember is Trump's favorables have declined a lot. Um, he... He has um, uh, gone from you know high sixties favorables with with you know in red states um, down to the low fifties in red states. Uh, in these swing states, it's it's you know it's he's underwater, um, and so yes, he's going to get some people back through his convention, but I really think. We're talking about a different, you know, a you know, a different Donald Trump. He's not going to get the energy that he had and get those favorables back up to where he was um, against uh, Hillary uh, in 2016. You
1: bring up a good point about 2016. I don't know if you saw Frank Luntz's tweet, but it freaked a lot of people out. Basically, it was showing that like Pennsylvania, Michigan and Wisconsin, Hillary had way bigger leads than Biden does now. You read anything into
0: that? Uh, No, not really. Again, there's a bunch of things that are totally different from 2016. First of all, we're much more as polarized as we were in 2016. We're much more polarized in 2020. Um, uh, And so uh, I think Yes, there may be, a, you know, a, a little bit of difference where Biden has, a, has a less of a margin than she did at this point. But I think last time there was a considerable amount of, of ability to move. Um, there were people seriously uh, uh, had, had not really um, fathomed that Trump could win that, you know, people were making different kind of decisions. That's not the case right now. This, state, this country is totally polarized. So when you see a six or seven point lead that's locked in cement with very little undecided left, uh, you know, I, I think Biden's actually in the stronger position. You also have to remember, you know, there was a October surprise, Comey in the last week, reopening the uh, investigation. Uh, and then closing it again, um, uh, you know, which brought all the uh, uh, brought, you know, really disrupted uh, uh, where Hillary was in the in the polls. You know, I just don't think that that's going to happen. I mean, look, is there really, uh, uh, you know, the American people right now, when there is an October surprise, is anybody going to be surprised? Surprised? Yeah, yeah, surprised no. by an October surprise. no. Um, uh, in fact, I think right now everybody expects it with the way Trump's been messing around with everything else in the government and justice department, uh, uh, you know, where are they really going to be surprised when Barr announces some investigation, you know, in the last month of the. Of the election, and actually, it might actually uh, just make a whole lot of people roll their eyes rather than um, uh, you know get upset. So I don't think anybody is going to be surprised by an October surprise. Yeah,
1: you know, it kind of feels like on both sides, we all kind of learned that lesson. On one side, you got Trump saying, "Don't trust the polls. Don't trust the polls." I'm going to win and obviously he ended up winning. And now this time it's it's the Biden team saying don't trust the polls, don't trust the polls and and it's almost like we're we're almost afraid we're losing this time and Trump's thinking real people are going to come vote for us. What do you think of that?
0: Well, no, I mean, look, the one thing they've got they they I think they do understand um is that their um their messages aren't working. I don't think they're working to get even a lot of Republicans to come that have, you know, left them to come home. I think they, what they've come to conclude, um, is that, yeah, the, their convention, everything they're doing has to be to try to get folks that didn't vote in 2016, rural, more rural voters to turn out. Uh, I don't know that that's possible either. There just isn't something. look, when you look at the, the, the ratings, uh, the, you know, the first night they were three million less than the Democratic uh, National Convention's ratings. Uh, I think the second night they were down only slightly 100,000 or a couple hundred thousand viewers less than than the Biden uh, Democratic Convention. But that's a big sea change. That's not, tr- the, you know, people are, you know, just just run into their TV set uh, to to watch Donald Trump. Uh, particularly those who aren't paying attention right now, uh, which who, you know, and, and aren't thinking about voting that he needs to get out. So I don't think that strategy is going to work either.
1: So, Joe, gut call here. You feel more or less confident after these two conventions?
0: Oh, I, I'm, I'm still where I where I've been. I think the, the contrast uh, again, um, you know, I'm sorry, folks may be tired of hearing the, the mantra chaos versus community. I think uh, the Biden campaign did a good job with that, and I think uh, uh, the Re- Republican convention and, uh, uh, is doing a good job of the chaos. So, yeah, I think that contrast exists and is going to uh, all the way to November, and that benefits Biden.
1: So this isn't just a presidential election, obviously, and there's some really key states in the Senate that are up for grabs. I know we've talked about it before, but still curious how Biden is really going to be able to affect those down ballot races. You look at states like Arizona and North Carolina. Those are actually cases where Mark Kelly and Cal Cunningham are actually overperforming Biden right now. Democrats stand a significant chance of flipping Arizona. The real clear politics average of polls in August shows retired astronaut Mark Kelly ahead of incumbent Martha McSally. Uh, My opponent, Tom Tillis, uh, is deeply distrusted by this electorate and we're working hard to build support and finding it. I mean, the interesting thing in Arizona, obviously, Mark Kelly's been up and up big pretty much the entire time. Does he help Biden more or does Biden help him more?
0: Uh, I think they help each other. But Mark Kelly definitely helps uh, helps Biden. Um, and I don't think Biden is a drag at all uh, in most of these uh, Senate races. Uh, the, 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 when you really look at this and you look at what's going on in the numbers, uh, it really just shows that the, 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 the coalition that's uh, moving towards the Democratic Party right now is pretty solidified. And it's the, the Trump Republican coalition that's not quite gelling. Right. I mean, if you look at, for instance, you know, Cunningham uh, in North Carolina, Biden's forty-nine, Cunningham's forty-seven, and then you look at um, at Trump at forty-six, but Tillis at thirty-nine. There are a lot. I, I'm seeing it. Uh, there are a lot of Trump voters. Not. A, I'm not talking tons of them, but eighty percent of them are going to vote for Trump and that Republican senator. Senator, but there's ten, fifteen percent. Of those voters, maybe 20 percent in some states, uh, depending on who the Democrat is, who don't want a rubber stamp in the Senate for Donald Trump. I mean, they have enough doubts about him. They're going to vote for him, but they have enough doubts about him and they don't see anything getting done that they don't want to they don't want a rubber stamp. So when they look across the aisle and and it's a Mark Kelly there, I think he can get 15, 20 percent of those Trump voters because of who he is, his background, his bio, and, and it's Trump that's helping all of us. That First, you have the Biden coalition pulling together, unified, and then there are strong Trump voters that are going to vote for the Republican senator and congressman, or, or candidate, and then you have these weaker Trump voters that are, that are going to vote for him again, but, but know that they don't want a rubber stamp, want some uh, a check and balance. We're seeing that in poll after poll. If you actually ask people, they say, you know, do you want a rubber stamp? Or do you want to check, uh, somebody would uh, to uh, work across party lines and, and be a check on Trump? Well, there are a lot of Republicans who want that, that, that uh, person that can cross party lines and hold a check on, on Trump. That's where I think Democrats... So if, there's a, if you look across the aisle, if Republicans look across the aisle and they see someone like Mark Kelly who sort of exudes that ability. Yes, he's a Democrat, but yes, he, his whole life has been about serving and being uh, and, and he'll work across and get things done. Um, I think those Democrats have a big chance to actually pull people over. And I actually think Biden does that. Uh, it has a, a reputation for that as well, and I think that that's where I'll why he's drawn more support uh, than I thought was going to happen so far with GOP voters.
1: Well, that that really gets into what you know someone like Doug Jones is trying to do in Alabama too, and that gets into actually a good listener question we got this week from listener educator Disney on iTunes. How do you really drum up support for a split ticket vote?
0: Well, it's, it's exactly what I'm talking about. You have to, uh, there, there are voters who want to end the chaos. I mean, I'm talking about voters that would be suburban women, uh, Republican voters who want to end the chaos, uh, just as much as the independents and Democrats do. Uh, they're looking over across the aisle, um, for the first time, many of them for the first time in their lives, uh, with great angst. By the way, um, they, they've got deep doubts about Democrats. Um, so it's it's about talking to them directly, listening to them, um, and you know, and getting your campaign to talk to those voters and and, and, uh, and exude um, a capacity that what you're more interested in is working together and getting things done. Um, and that's where I get to the chaos versus community thing. Um, if Democratic candidates are talking more about working together as a community to, to address coronavirus, to cr- address the reopening of uh, helping s- uh, small businesses to open up again, um, to address the racial divide, we're only going to be able to do that if we come together, um, versus um, uh, Trump uh, divisive, chaotic. You, you, but you're still going to vote for Trump. Um, join us. Come with us. You know, with me in the Senate or, or or the House. And and I think people are going to. Uh, one, we could win a lot of them over at all levels, President on down. And I think that's happened. I mean, that's why I think you see Joe Biden above fifty in a lot of these polls. Um, unlike Hillary, who was never really above fifty ever. Right. I don't, you know. So. Uh, I think the reason he's above 50 is he is getting some of those voters where I think people are going to split their ticket won't be at president, though. I mean, that's always going to be the hardest one for a partisan to to get over. But once you do that, uh, and particularly if you have doubts about the candidate you're voting for for president, it usually can lead. Trickles to down, school. yeah. Trickles yeah. down.
1: So, it, it, looking at this from the other side for a second, how does someone like a Susan Collins, a Republican incumbent senator, play this? She always kind of had that outsider shtick going, but if you look at every one of her big decisions, they've been pretty much lockstep for Trump. Is that going to work for her?
0: Uh, it it might work for her, but I think uh, there's a there's real peril because um, of the the. What we were just talking about, I think there'll be a lot of Republicans, uh, a lot of people in the state of Maine who, uh, uh, one, may not vote for Trump. uh, So you already have a problem there. Uh, And then, two, I think a lot of those who vote for Trump may want a more independent, uh, you know, you know, uh, uh, somebody that they know um, isn't going to just be disappointed or worried or any of the other things Susan Collins usually is very concerned yeah, and, yeah very concerned and actually say no yeah i'm not going to vote for that uh and so i think you know it's it's it works on both sides uh i'm just not sure uh with her if she can um you know convince people that her concerns and worries are are stronger than uh, being independent enough to say to vote. No. Well, the interesting
1: part about Maine, we've talked a ton about a place like North Carolina or Arizona or even Georgia, where you've got Republican incumbent senators who are being dragged down by Trump and might lose. But Maine is probably, I know Maine splits his electoral votes, but Joe Biden's going to win the popular vote in Maine. Like it's not, it's not up in the air like it is in North Carolina. How does that play for Collins? I feel like we're not talking about Collins enough.
0: Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think, uh, uh, Trump's not going to win, uh, the, the popular vote in Maine. Um, and that, so she's already got that drag on her. Um, there, there'll be a lot of Trump voters. This, she's in a really weird position, right? There's going to be a lot of Trump voters who don't think she's Trumpy enough. She's not Trumpy enough for me. Uh, and then on the same token, there'll be, uh, uh, Democrats and independents who think, you know, she's just always concerned and disappointed and worried but never stands up to him. I think that's a really dangerous place to be because uh, she can lose votes both ways. Um, Joe Biden and, the, uh, and Gideon can hold the, uh, the Democratic part of the coalition together and I think pick off uh, uh, enough votes from Susan Collins that she, she could lose for both reasons. People walk into the booth, vote for Trump and walk out. Right. um because she's you know she's they're disappointed and worried about how so supportive she really is of the president and uh and then you have uh, a bunch of other folks walk in and uh and vote for trump and say nah i don't really like her and and vote for uh uh yeah yeah, for yeah. yeah.
1: so Mercifully, the conventions are over now, but what's Trump going to do looking ahead? If you look at things like TV and mail-in requests, Biden is pretty much crushing him. Politico reported that Trump's getting outspent five to one on TV the last couple weeks, eight to one in Wisconsin. And if you look at mail-in ballots requested by partisanship, Democrats are crushing Republicans in places like North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and voting is starting like really soon in it. most other years, most other races, I'd say a really good sign for Democrats, but Trump has me second guessing again.
0: Well, didn't they also say they're, not, they're, they're off the air now all the way to September 1 or something like that? Yeah,
1: I think he just went up on cable like this morning. So just a like national million dollar cable buy, but nothing significant.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, look, I, I've, uh, uh, I think this is clearly their message isn't working. Uh, I, when they went off the air in in uh, Michigan and Amy Chapman and I got into, you know, sort of discussion about digital and stuff, it was, uh, and I said, look, maybe the reason they went down in Michigan was, the, you know, their 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 law and order messaging that they were doing wasn't, wasn't working and they were retooling. I think, look, they have spent a billion dollars on TV and, I mean, however they're getting um, outspent right now when they're sort of off the air, they, they have spent a billion dollars on digital beating the daylights out of Biden and on TV uh, doing it. And guess what? Uh, you know, has it closed a little recently uh, through the conventions? Yeah, but it ain't working. Right. Um, so I think what's going on is I think they've got to um, uh, be looking at um, uh, more focus groups, more data in trying to figure out. What what is going to work here? I actually think maybe the other thing that's going on um, is they've decided another billion on TV. And I've been saying this. I don't really think uh, you know two billion more attacking Biden or two billion from Biden attacking Trump is going to decide going to change anything. It's not going to change anybody's minds out there. So if that's the case, it might be smarter to spend a billion dollars going and looking for. Rural voters that didn't vote in 2016 um, to totally take it off the air and put it into uh, your own massive vote by mail, which will be a little problematic since he's told every Republican not to do that. Uh, But but to get, you know, more and more uh, uh, people uh, who who they think are in areas they could carry but who did not vote in 2016 to turn them out. Um, that might be smarter than spending another, you know, $6 million on Iowa television, right? Um in the $6 million um, in rural Iowa, turning out every single uh, person who didn't vote vote in 2016, that's either a not very active Republican or, um, you know, not very, uh, uh, Info driven voter and uh, get them, uh, you know, stoke fear and everything else in them and get them out. Uh, I think they're trying to do the stoke fear part real, but it's not working. Uh, They may need to do throw a lot more money at the actual mechanics of of getting them there. Um, might be smarter than spending more money trying to, to to scare people into it.
1: Right. Well, I mean, you look at some of the voting trends. I mean, historically, isn't it true? Republicans tend to dominate the early vote, the vote by mail. Oh, yeah. And then we kind of show up on Election Day. I mean, so you see all the voting lines in cities, things like that. I mean, it seems like it's shifting, right?
0: Oh, no, it's definitely shifted. Look, I mean, I was there. I did Tom Bradley's race for governor in 19. 19- dating myself again. In 1982, everybody thought the Bradley effect was people uh, who, uh, you know, who, who, who were lying to pollsters about who they were going to vote for. Uh, so there's this thing about the Bradley effect, you know, that you can never trust the polls because people won't tell you the truth. Think, Look at Tom Bradley. It wasn't that at all. What happened was um, the Republicans actually did a massive vote by mail program. We lost we won on election day, but lost when they counted the absentee uh, vote by mail ballots. Uh, and they started then, and they've been building it ever since. Um, that's why you heard a lot of the Florida Republicans screaming when um, when Trump said was talking about fraud and vote by mail, because that's how Florida, that's how the Florida GOP's always uh, had its gains and, and uh, been able to win in Florida through vote by mail. Um, and so what's happened uh, with with uh trump throwing you know all these fraud uh uh, fraud allegations about vote by mail um and uh and saying it's an ugly evil thing it'll destroy our democracy what you're seeing is a whole bunch of republicans um saying that they're not gonna they're not gonna vote uh by mail right
1: Well, you look at something like Pennsylvania, where Trump won by like 44,000 votes, something like that. And there wasn't a ton of mail-in voting in PA in 2016. But you look at this year, people are talking about it being like 10, 15 times the number of votes. It's
0: going to be huge. I mean, it's going to be huge because of COVID. I mean, what I'm saying is you've got, um, you know, Democrats, they don't want to vote in person. They want to vote uh, by mail. The problem with uh, the Republicans is with Trump both saying, don't vote by mail. It's fraudulent. And by the way, maybe we should delay the election because um, uh, it's too dangerous to vote in person. He can end up hurting himself both ways. I mean, first of all, we don't know where a second, you know, if this first wave is going to continue to grow in the fall or whether we're going to have a second wave of, of COVID You know, if we're really going through a period where the virus is really in a hot second wave in going into November uh, and these Republicans still think that they shouldn't vote by mail, how many of them turn out? uh, and, And you're trying to turn out people who haven't ever voted in 2016 for you in the middle of a pandemic actually to go to the polls. It's a very weird, strange, only Trump could come up with a strategy. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I wouldn't embark on it, but uh, uh, I think they've got real problems. I think their pro- their message isn't working. If it was, they'd be bombarding Biden with a message that was working, and they're not.
1: So Joe, to kind of wrap up, one of the other things that's been happening during this convention, where and this started really yesterday, was the Bucks, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks NBA team. Uh, boycotted their playoff game against the Magic, and then obviously the rest of the NBA quickly followed suit. Some baseball teams, the Brewers did it too. But you're seeing a lot of athletes uh, kind of taking a stand with the, the Jacob Blake situation and, and protesting yeah, what's been going right.
0: on. Well, they, they, the NBA leading again. I mean, they did it on March 11th when they uh, were the first league to shut down uh, uh, play. Uh, for the coronavirus and, and, you know, and and led, uh, I think, all the leagues to do the right thing there and delaying their seasons. Um, And then again, you see it now uh, with with what's happening in Kenosha. And the RNC convention is doing everything um, that focuses on the protests and the violence of the protests. Well, the only real violence in terms of deaths happened the other way around. It was, um, you know, it was a 17-year-old kid with a long gun uh, vigilante. I I mean, the whole thing is just backwards and, and, I mean, upside down. And it just goes to show you again that that convention is geared only at keeping their voters in the bubble. Uh, and, And again, you know, in their own bubble and, and, Trying to get people in that bubble to actually vote if they if they haven't voted in 2016. I mean, you think about this for a second. You have to be in the bubble to get that message, right? You have right. to be one of the 16 million who watched. I'm not sure the people that they think they're trying to turn out are watching we're, this. We're uh, watching it that, anyway. Yeah, right. exactly. And, and still, uh, and so you you have this, you know, all other world reality. Uh, or non-reality um, that's all focused on, with no discussion at all, about why these protests are even happening in, in the first place. They're happening because a, a a guy who broke up a fight was shot seven times in the back with no weapon in his hands or anything. But this was on video. People are appalled and upset and want to do something about it. The NBA did the right thing, I think, led again, and uh, and, and others will follow suit. But the convention, the convention went in the absolute opposite direction. I mean, just didn't acknowledge any of it. um, And is even sort of celebrating the The yeah, yeah, with the, the guns. It, with the yeah. guns. Um, uh, it's just stunning that this entire convention has ignored all of it. I mean, they've ignored COVID that's cured and over. You know, I mean, it's just amazing.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you saw, but uh, actually while we were recording this, uh, they, they rolled out a bunch of testing changes yesterday while Dr. Fauci was under anesthetic for an operation. And then uh, literally 10 minutes ago, they backed off of that again. So stories changing again on that.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, the whole thing is uh, I mean, that's what I mean, it's just an, it's an alternative reality. And they've got to keep everybody in that bubble. And at the same time, try to reach people who aren't even paying attention to either bubble because we have ours, too. Uh, well, ours is more science and reality based, at least. Uh, and I think more community based. And that's where I think that, you know, again, we're going to see. I still think it's that's what's going to happen here, that even people who aren't that engaged, I think if there is a surge in people who haven't voted, it's going to be people in 2016 who weren't that engaged, thought Hillary Clinton was going to win, didn't think there was any chance Trump would, didn't vote, uh, and this time they're not going to let make that mistake again. So I actually think if there is that kind of a surge of of folks who didn't vote in 2016, it's going to happen for Joe Biden, not for Donald Trump. Hey, so thanks for listening to that trippy show. Um, You know, if you have a question, please submit it on iTunes in the reviews. Um, We try to answer them occasionally. uh, And occasionally, it's great to see uh, somebody I've worked with in a past campaign uh, make a comment or ask a question there. A, somebody who worked a phone bank in Bangor, Maine in the 1980 Kennedy campaign showed up uh, and asked a question there. I, I really enjoy reading them and reading your comments, so uh, please please leave them there if you can. Uh, our next show will come out Monday, and uh, it's featuring uh, one of my the favorite people I've worked for over the years, former California Governor Jerry Brown. Um, I promise you it'll be worth a listen. Uh, He uh, he always has some insights that no one else has thought about. And I'm really looking forward to that show. So please check back on Monday for that one. And just a reminder, you can check out unfitfilm.com. Hashtag unfit, the psychology of Donald Trump, a new film that's being released. You can go to unfitfilm.com to find out more information and support our sponsor. Thanks for listening. And as always, I promise Alex will be sharper next time. See you Monday.